You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you, you just, just want to ask your mom. mom. Hi, welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And I'm Renee Sproles. Well, this is our eighth episode in our Cultivate series, where we've been talking about how to cultivate character in your kids. It is no fun and actually less effective to focus on squashing the behaviors you don't want to see in your kids instead of elevating the behaviors you do want. It's kind of human nature for most of us to focus on the negative, but whenever possible, we do want to catch our kids doing the right thing and praise them for it. Mm-hmm. So one of these behaviors that we're focusing on is being gentle. And coincidentally, it also happens to be one of the fruits of the spirit listed in Galatians 5.22. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about cultivating gentleness. Yeah. So when we think of the word gentle, I might think of um, a gentle breeze or um, like the the baby detergent that I used when the the kids are a little gentle drift or Uh something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Gentle came into English from an old French word, gentile, highborn, noble, which is interesting that it's a position that carries a behavior. So mm-hmm. it was an adjective indicating social status. And a person of gentle birth was one who had been born into the privileged classes. So a gentleman behaved in a certain way. He was courteous in speech and behavior. He protected the weak and was kind and generous in his dealings with people of lower status. Right. Someone who's gentle. And we know this, handles things with kind of a calm, even handedness. They're not flying off the handle. Their speech is kind. You're not worried about being around them. You're not walking on eggshells with a gentle person. Yeah, this, this, I'm always so, I love to learn. And so as we were preparing for this lesson, I just kind of researched some articles on gentleness. Because to me, it was kind of like, yeah, yeah, be gentle. Right. Don't be harsh. Mm-hmm. Move along. Maybe but it's that's a real, easy for you, but it's not easy for everyone. Well, yeah, right. I mean, it's it's easy for me now or better for me now, but it wasn't always so. So Jesus is our model as always. And I found this awesome article by David Mathis called Meekness Without Might, What We Learn from Christ's Gentleness. And interestingly, he starts his article in Revelation, which is, you know, not really... Yeah, I think of the Psalms. Not let's, really where you'd go for gentleness. Let's turn to the Psalms. No, no. We're going straight to Revelation 6. And he says um, that it's a stunning glimpse of divine judgment. The sixth seal is open. The earth quakes. The sun goes dark. The moon turns to blood. Stars fall. The skies rolled back like a scroll. The earth's kings and the great ones and the generals and the rich and the powerful hide themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they say, follow on us. Hide us from the face of him who's seated on the throne. And from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? So they're so they're so <laughs> scared at this wrath of the Lamb, the Lamb, which the, is a gentle little small baby sheep, yeah, right? Right. Who is seated on the throne that they call to the mountains and the rocks to fall on them. They'd rather be crushed to death than face this kind of wrath. Yeah. So Christ is gentle, meek. And mild, so you, so you, we got to hold these intention, right? Who would be cowering before um, him like this? Before um, God, we would expect, you know, seated on the throne and yeah, scary, a little scary, bit, maybe. Yep, a little, you know, the fear of the Lord, you know, phrasing comes to mind. But, but no, it's this this concept of rightly used strength, 
that Mathis starts to unpack um, in his article that the terror of those who realize they've opposed Christ will keep us from misunderstanding his gentleness and just thinking that it's kind of squishy without any strength behind it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's all these paradoxes in scripture, and I think that's a huge one when you Mm -hmm. think of Christ the Lamb, who's, have you seen a lamb? Have you ever seen one? Videos. It's springtime here now in Middle Tennessee, and if you pass up any given pasture, there's likely to be goats and lambs and things out there, and they are the cutest, hoppy little, white, fluffy creatures. They're just adorable, helpless. They need guidance. That's not what you think about when you think about Christ, but he was... He gave himself as that sort of a person to be sacrificed. Right. That pass. He's he is the Passover lamb mm-hmm. now. Right. That they that they used to escape Egypt. Right. To to escape their oppressors. Mm-hmm. He takes us then in that article to the portrait of Christ in Matthew eleven. He where he says Christ says about himself, "Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy." And my burden is light. So in a day when we seem increasingly aware of the danger of other people's power and strength, it's vital that we see this in Jesus and throughout scripture. The answer to the danger of strength isn't its loss, but a godly exercise of power using the Christian virtue called gentleness. I love that Mm. summary. Thank you, David Mathis, (laughs) for helping clarify my thinking on that. Right. But there's tons of other scriptures um, that talk about gentleness too. Okay, yeah. So there's Philippians 4, 5. Let your gentleness be evident to all. First Peter three fifteen. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. And Ephesians 4, 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Oh, okay, that was part of my memory work recently because I'm trying to get those concepts down into my mm-hmm. um, everyday life, not just in my head. So... We're talking to you moms, and I know you're you're going, okay, that's great, beautiful concept, but how do we foster gentleness in our children? Help us. Boots on the ground here. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Well, the first one, obviously, Mm -hmm. it always comes back to this, is we model it ourselves. And I think in general, moms are probably more gentle, quote unquote, than dads tend to be, not in every family. Plenty of moms wrestle and tickle, and they can be tough disciplinarians. But on the whole, dads are bigger and stronger, more imposing and they can be intimidating with their body and their voice. Yeah, absolutely. So dads need to take this into consideration with their children. Just It's helpful to just think a minute about how we appear to children from their point of view. Refer to our art episode mm-hmm. with Miss Boffman because that was so helpful to me. She said how children draw the potato people people with the really long legs because that's how they view us Mm -hmm. we look like really long legs (laughs) with potato bodies (laughs) nothing personal that's right that's right so if you're just tall enough to maybe knock your head into the bottom of the dining room table and this giant of a man walks in with huge feet and hairy legs and his voice is big and his laugh is loud and your whole head can fit in the palm of his hand well how do you think they're gonna feel right exactly a little scared, a little, a little intimidated. I, I was reading this um, this book on gender by this pediatrician, and um, he said that girls' hearing is way more sensitive than boys' hearing, and so they're literally hearing different volumes when you speak to them. Mm. So that if you have girls, fathers, and they're cowering at you, and you're like, but I'm not yelling. Yeah, I'm, I'm not just not reg- yelling. using my regular voice. Understand what they're hearing 
is really loud to them. Mm. And um, he had all kinds of interesting, you know, suggestions for where you put kids in a classroom. You know, the boys with less sensitive hearing in the early years need to be towards the front, towards the front, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. But, but yeah, just be aware. (laughs) We were, I was talking to a dad this week and he said it, it felt so weird to speak in this quieter tone. It feels to my like a kid. whisper to them, but it's yeah. not. And and I was like, but you're doing the right thing. It won't and it won't always feel weird. We've said that many times. Right. We had to adjust and do things where we thought, that's not my authentic self. <laughs> that's okay. You don't have to be your totally authentic self. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Thanks. Sometimes it's better God, that you're not. He did not leave me my authentic <laughs> self at twenty five. Exactly. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. Right. So that's how dads can come across. They're so fun because they can throw you in the air and catch you. So you're trusting them, hopefully, yeah. if you're, you know, but you just, dads just need to be careful to model gentleness to their kids, uh, boys and girls. Yeah. Soften your voice, soften your touch. Um, get, get down on their level. Yeah. Loving hugs, lots of big, safe embraces. Yeah. So when, when you add touch to any kind of positive words you're saying, it just amps up. That's right. The message to your children. It's a such a win. And uh, Mathis, in his article talked about rain, like hard rain, how it destroys life, but gentle rain is what farmers want. Mm. And um, the, the, the delivery of that water, which is giving life, needs to be gentle so that the plants don't drown or they don't get beaten to the ground. So not, not too meagerly, you know, a right. little trickle of rain or, you know, drizzly mist, but not driving rain either. So, um, a, and a gentle tongue is a tree of life. Proverbs fifteen four says again, not weak, but appropriately strong, with life giving restraint. So giving something good that's not in a flood, but in appropriate measure, right. or wind. Wind, yeah, gentle blowing wind answers a sailor's prayer. Acts twenty seven thirteen. A violent wind spells trouble. Acts twenty seven eighteen. All of these are subtle little messages about. Gentleness. Yeah. Yeah. Strong and gentle. I, I think of uh, men's strength um, in this, this shepherding kind of scenario where the shepherd basically is making space for his sheep mm-hmm. to be able to live their little sheepy lives and do their little sheepy things. Mm-hmm. It's not bullying the sheep. But when a predator comes, he definitely takes care of business with his strength. And then uh, it's like everyone carry on. No need. Right. To, to live in fear here. Go ahead and do your thing. And so it's this beautiful picture of gentleness and strength. Yeah. I think, I mean, as women, if you're married, if you have a spouse, you intuitively know the difference when your spouse is being gentle with you and when he is not. We know what that feels like. So that's what we're modeling to our children. And I think it's cool. In the Old Testament, the virtue of gentleness is best seen in God himself. And Renee, you say this all the time, how gentle God is with us. If we bring him, bring confession to him, if we bring um, troubles to him, you know, if we're, if we're just bearing our soul in front of him, he is not going to slap us upside the head with that. He is going to be gentle with us. So Isaiah 40, 10, God himself who comes with might. And the next verse, he will tend his flock like a shepherd, gather the lambs in his arms, carry them in his bosom and lead those, gently lead those that are with young. Yeah. So just to say it, we, we want moms and dads who use strength and power, not against us, but for us, your strength and power, you have more by virtue of your position, you have more strength and power than your children. So you hear this gentle parenting, Mm -hmm. right? All the, it's kind of a thing now, um, an umbrella of how to parent. And 
that does not mean lay down your authority and let your children run all over you and give them all the choices and all the freedoms and everything when they're three years old. That means maintain that strength for their own good mm-hmm. and present it in a deliver it in a gentle way. In a gentle way. That's right. Um, link to Jordan Peterson's little 15 minute video where he's like, your main job parents is to uh, raise children that you hate, don't hate being around. Um, and again, so the, so the antidote to bad authority is not no authority. It's appropriate, appropriately, appropriately used authority. And so, so yeah, you're, you're, creating appropriate boundaries for your children and and delivered in appropriate ways right. not harsh so that they can thrive mm-hmm. not so that they can be thwarted or you know squelched in their creativity exactly. and innocence and all of this right we're all for creativity and innocence <laughs> we're yeah. not like, yeah. we're all about that <laughs> exactly exactly so we talked about dads Let's switch to moms. So us, we moms may typically be the ones that kids seek out, you know, to kiss their boo-boos and comfort when somebody's got their feelings hurt. I think moms and women in general probably have an easier time with gentleness, unless maybe you grew up with a bunch of brothers. I don't know, Renee, you did that. Oh, yeah. Oh, boys. Oh, boys. <laughs> uh, that, that's a piece of the puzzle right there. Boy right. cousins next door. I had no girls to play with. And it makes a difference. Yeah. It does. It it. Yeah, the gendering makes a difference. But we too can be harsh with our kids. We all know that mom voice that we can bring out sometimes when we have had it up to here. I love from the line from Ghostbusters. There is no Dana. There is only Zool. Right? <laughs> I was like, what is that from? I wish you'd put the movie. I was like, I know I should know this. <laughs> yeah, Ghostbusters. So if that oh. is happening on a regular basis, that's like, that's on you. So it's a good idea to give yourself a timeout to just breathe. And remember that you are the adult. A calm answer turns away wrath. Yes. Say it again. <laughs> I had to say it to myself in the past few weeks. Yeah. I say it to myself too. <laughs> That's not a weakness. Say uh-huh. it to yourself. Say to it to you. yourself. So I think our children almost, they're not hearing us when we're in that mode. And no. I, we never feel great after this yelly loud mom takes over. I don't. No. No, no. So, you know, there's a, there's a reason that scripture is filled with don't speak this way and do speak this way. And it's not because there's a big God in the sky wagging his finger going, I'm going to take away all your fun and you don't get to say any curse words <laughs> and you don't get to ever like yell in anger. And it's no, it's because there's actual power behind those words. You actually can bless people and you can actually curse people. And we don't want to go around cursing people. Right. We want to use our words for power. And now physics and medicine is beginning to see like, yeah, there's actual power in the intention we have behind our words. At a cellular level, you can affect what's going yeah, on. Yeah. So that, you sure don't want to do that with little people. No, that we should link to this. It's um, it's not our notes, but I'm just now remembering it. That Japanese scientist your husband told us about, Masaru Emoto right. or whoever mm-hmm. he was. Right, right. Um, who spoke these words to... Um, water crystals water crystals beakers of rice and water Mm -hmm. plants and um by saying any in any language words of derision or even just ignoring Mm -hmm. um they started to decay various levels of decay and disorder and then when he spoke words of life love yeah kindness just Mm -hmm. saying words like that Mm -hmm. just saying them, not having a conversation just saying love versus saying hate yeah. It affected the rice 
on a cellular level. Yeah. It affected the water crystals and the way they were formed. Yeah. That's Quant- rice and water. Now amplify that to <laughs> small human being yeah. in your home. We're, which we're made of how much water? A lot. Yeah. That, Imagine what's that going blows on. blows your mind. It, I know. That's quantum physics. And I love it. I love it. I don't understand it, but I love the mystery. <laughs> and I'm just saying like the Bible is a picture of how the world works. Again, we're just, when we're saying like, we want to be gentle, we want our children to learn what gentleness is because this is how the world works well. That's right. So how are we going to demonstrate gentleness with our kids? It's not, it's not good enough just to say, be gentle. It's not good enough for us either. Right. We, we all need to be acting gentle. What does that mean? Yeah. To a two-year-old. Right. So I, I hear this a lot. Emma does this. Good job, Emma. I'm cheering you on. She says, um, gentle hands to Dottie when she comes over and the, the dog's out. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to use gentle hands with Hazel. We don't want to be rough. And that's a perfect example. Pets. Yeah. Pets are a great example. See the pet usually... episode for all the great things pets do. They're the first, the first line with kids usually. And so Emma says those words. Yeah. Use gentle hands. And then we... Gently touch the dog. Yeah. You can actually take their hand and show mm-hmm. them this is what gentle feels like mm-hmm. versus yeah. wham, wham, wham yeah. on the dog's head. Yeah. And by now, she's not even two years old. She's pretty much got it. We mm-hmm. rarely have to remind her again to be gentle with Hazel. Right. We have to remind Hazel more to be <laughs> gentle with her. She gets all excited, you know. Right, right. Yeah. You take their hand, you show them how to do it. That's concrete. They they learn things in concrete ways. So the same is true for when that new baby brother or sister comes home. You know, there's that initial sense of, yikes, because wrap them around the neck. <laughs> you want <laughs> you want the big sister to hold and love the newborn, but baby has those soft spots in his head and those little blinky eyes that are so interesting. Poke, poke. <laughs> and the fingers and toes that are just tiny, oh, tiny. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So you put your little newborn in your toddler's lap and then the toddler gets distracted and jumps up to go find something else. Well, what happens to baby? So there's this whole very careful supervised period of time when the new baby comes home that you're practicing gentleness you're practicing how do we react to someone who's smaller and weaker than you mm-hmm. absolutely and I'm thinking as they get older and our moms who um, have a house full of boys um, the boy mom episode you know being gentle in a house full of boys is going to look really different than being gentle in a house full of girls right. or mixed um, where there's boys and girls so one of the um, things that is super important for young men and little boys is rough and tumble play. Mm-hmm. So again, this is where uh, generally dads just automatically do this. They're grabbing your child and throwing them in the air. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait, what's happening? <laughs> I remember thinking what's happening. He just intuitively was like, let me just scoop this little peanut up and th- toss him in the air. Right. <laughs> <laughs> This child of my loins that I have carried and birth. Wait a second. Are you insane? So it was a, but it was a good balance. I had to bite my tongue and just kind of observe and go, okay, now what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Rough and tumble play is super important. And it, it actually teaches boys gentleness because they learn like, oh, I can't put my thumb in dad's eye. Right. I can't, here's how far I can go. Mm-hmm. That's not too far. Right. And so the rough and tumble play is actually demonstrating how to be gentle. So we're not saying that you all, everyone's walking around all the time with only gentle hands of tenderness with a baby and a dog. There's, there's gentleness in other yeah. more rough and tumble realms. There's context. There's always yeah. context yeah. for sure. Uh, so if you have boys and girls together in a house, um, I think it is a super great and important lesson to teach your boys how to be gentle to girls. How is it different? that they treat their brother than their sister. And I think it needs to be different. Um, it definitely does. We This probably is going to 
not sit well with some of you moms, but let's just think about this. Your, your girls are going to grow up and enter an adult world where men are on average 25 to 30% bigger than they are. And they just have an advantage over us. And so you, again, that strength can be used for good. And that strength can be used for bad. And you want them to learn how to use that strength for good. So we had two sets of rules. We're like, this is how you can interact with your sister. This is how you can interact with your dad and your your guy friends. Mm -hmm. I don't know about y'all. You probably did. Yeah, we did too. I mean, did it always work? Did it always go over that way? No. There were sibling fights. There was wrestling and tumbling between boy and girl. But in general, yeah, boys, we're not going to hit your sister. We're not going to jump recklessly on mom especially you know especially if mommy's got a baby in her tummy or something like that dad needs to be the one to step in and and be like hey back up yeah we're not going to be on top of mom that way we're not going to be on top of your sister that way um you know and if you think that okay then my daughter's not going to learn how to defend herself well there's free self-defense classes down at the police station most every county so teach them how to defend themselves for sure that's wise right but don't it doesn't necessarily have to happen by them beating up on their brother right at age five exactly (laughs) listen I lived that life I don't know about you but we we chased each other we had a ranch style house so it was one long strip we chased each other up and down that house much to my parents dismay and just beat on each other and I remember the day when one of my brothers punched me and it actually really hurt Mm -hmm. and I was older three years older and, and eight years older than them and I remember thinking whoa I don't want to do that anymore. Right. This That actually hurt. And and so we quit. The- yeah. I mean, if you have a daughter, which both of us do, by the time they get in high school or college when they're actually starting to date young men, I would much rather them be dating men coming from a household who learned what gentleness looks like. Mm-hmm. How do I touch a girl or not touch a girl? Mm-hmm. How, How do, do I-, I speak to a girl or not speak to a girl? Um, Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I had a very strong dad, very strong. And he was kind of loud. And I mean, ask anybody who's met him. He's scary to Mm -hmm. people. And so what that did for me was because he used that strength for my good to make space for me to thrive. I just had this expectation of like, no, I'm not going to be spoken to in certain ways by a guy I go out. There's that's just I'm not putting up with that. Mm -hmm. You know, see ya. And so, yeah, it didn't harm me. It actually helped me. Yeah, I think you um, learned the red flags. Like, correct. More intuitively. Yes. It was not, it else. was not overt. It was not an overt like this. Although he did, it was intentional on his part. It wasn't overt. But I now looking back, I know what he was doing because he would date me. He would buy me nice clothes, mm-hmm. like just take me shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, he took me on a, on a trip. And he would open doors for me and just all the things that he expected a, a guy would a, do. A guy would do. Mm-hmm. So I know opening doors is maybe not the thing these days. But whatever the thing is these days that you expect to be, you know, a, a sign of honor. And hey, like you are meant to be treated a particular way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I think of it as um, wood and glass. You know, guys are more like wood and girls are more like glass. So you can cut glass into these amazing, stunning. Right. Um, bowls and you know wine glasses and things like that. There are and entire strong buildings made of glass. Yeah, it's not that glasses. Yeah. It's not that it's weak. It's not that it's weak. But um, if you drop a glass bowl in the kitchen floor and you drop a wooden bowl in the kitchen floor, likely the wooden one will kind of bounce around. The glass one will probably crack or break. And so it's just 
we again all of the all of the movies these days show women you know doing hand to hand combat with men and things right. just like I just think that's a that's a that's an imagination that's a fun fiction to think about doing that yeah I would love to do handsprings and cartwheels and karate chop people that would be fun <laughs> but that's just not going to happen um, oh no, no I would put Sydney Bristow from Alias <laughs> up against pretty much any guy no, I know no, I, but that's I don't think so I don't I think that's fake maybe depends I th- on the training yeah I, think, I mean your average Navy SEAL versus that your average okay. guy versus a fe- like a fe- a trained female I'm sorry but the the odds I, I know this is politically incorrect you can all because I took send, the self-defense class send all the hate mail to me remember when we went to the self-defense yeah, classes. Yeah, I still think my son Houston, who's 130 pounds, could take you down. I I'm told sorry. him the other day I could take him out. <laughs> well, maybe we need to have a ring set up. <laughs> All right. It's on, Houston. It's on. You and me. <laughs> <laughs> so the point is we're different. And we yes. have, and and um, we we need to use our strength, both female and male strength. For good, not for evil. Right. Use the force oh, for good. Absolutely. That's right. So we're not, we're teaching our sons. You don't hit girls. You're right. gentle with girls, right? Um, and also, you're speaking a certain way. There's a verbal aspect to being gentle. Tone of voice, obviously, because we've already talked about that, but also the type of response that we give others. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Which in society today, you see it. I know. And the, the, the sarcasm or the joking. I mean, hey, listen, we love to do that in our family. And there were a couple of seasons where we were like, we got it circled up and said, we got to dial this back. It really is just joking. We all love each other a yeah. lot, but it's setting a tone in our home that we're not loving right now. So let's just, we're just eliminating some kinds of joking for just a while. So just, just keep it all with, all with good measure, moms mm-hmm. and dads. Right. But it, so if you're seeing a lot of that in your house and you know, about late elementary, middle school age, mm-hmm. it tends to kind of crop up with the whole attitude situation insults, escalated arguments, that kind of stuff. Um, just keep an eye out for that sort of language and conversation. It just does not display gentleness. And usually if you find that in common. <laughs> I was just about to say. <laughs> what's happening, Renee? Well, if, if you're finding that your children are speaking in these ways, check yourself. How are you and your husband talking to each other? Mm. How are you talking to your friends? What's your general tone? What are you watching on TV? We just had a mom in our parenting class this week say, you know, I just thought, you know, this is an old cartoon my kids were watching, which is way dialed back from the crazy stuff that's being put out now. Mm -hmm. It was just a little too much, you know, for my seven-year-old. I noticed it was, his imagination was running wild with it. He was starting to say things I didn't really love. They just eliminated the show. Done. Perceptive parenting. High five, mom. Yeah, just Good job. Watch what's going on. Watch what you're bringing in your house. Or the verbal freedoms, Bonnie. Tell us about the verbal freedoms. Right. So it could be if you're seeing a lot of that kind of language that you have allowed your kids too many verbal freedoms early on. Maybe it started out with the way they kind of correct you slightly. And it's not wrong. Like, hey, mom, that's a pen, not a pencil. Or maybe oh, they've inserted themselves. I'm already triggered. <laughs> into an adult conversation. Hey, mm-hmm. who are you talking to? What was that about? Or who was that on the phone? Or kind of just elevating themselves to your level without being invited in. That's what I'm talking about when I'm saying a verbal freedom. So, you know, our voices and our speech are a privilege. And when we misuse them, we can lose that privilege. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have a consequence when that happens. Ask your children to try again when they speak to one another or you in an unacceptable way. Yeah, that's a perfect 
uh, correction. You don't have to escalate to huge timeouts or, you know, grounding or no, let's just try again. And if they, if they don't know, and you really think they don't know, cause they can, they're always going to say, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so if you think they actually know, make them wait and figure it out. But if they don't know, script it and role play it out. Mm-hmm. This is how I had to do this when my kids were, um, uh, late elementary, junior high, which is, you know, a common time. Mm-hmm. And just say, you know, you are starting to know some things I don't know. And you're um, in your schooling. Houston loved to read about science. There's stuff he did. He knew I didn't know. Emma had done all this reading about the monarchies all throughout history. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of stuff she knew I didn't know. It was just learning how to correct me in a way that was still respectful. Yeah. Just, and they don't know. What does that look like? Yeah. Just, they yeah. got all the hormones well, going. Actually, mom. Yeah. <laughs> it's very different than... Hey, I don't know if you know this, but yes, because I, as since we homeschooled, I'm like, well, I certainly don't want to be teaching you something wrong. You got to have a way to talk to me and say, hey, I have other information here mm. that will give you more insight, mother dear. <laughs> right. So just just role play it, and that's what we had to do, and we it really did help. And besides, they're going to carry that into their relationships with other people. Yes, and you don't. Nobody likes an adult. Who's Holy cow! No, nobody wants to be around a know. Who loves to be around a know it all? Raise your hand. Right. <laughs> right, right. Nobody. No one. No one. So we want to foster gentleness instead of harshness in our family with speech and in physical ways and. As Christians, obviously, Christ is our example. It was his gentle heart that drew children and others to him. And God is also repeatedly and consistently gentle with us. So that's just how we want to be. This was, okay, I, this was one of my favorite ones. Once I really unpacked this virtue, this this tempered strength mm. of gentleness, this um, delivery of truth in ways that make things grow, that yeah. gentle rain analogy is really sticking with it me. Is. I think it's kind of a forgotten or mm. lesser known fruit of the spirit that, you know, eh, gentleness. Right. But it really is, it really can do a lot for your family and your relationships. So beautiful. Love it. Yeah. So we're going to have all this information on our website at justaskyourmom.com. We'll have a couple of links to things that we've uh, referenced in our the cool Japanese scientist yeah, guy. Y'all are going to love this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And find us on Facebook or Instagram, uh, Just Ask Your Mom and Just Ask Your Mom podcast. And if you'll rate and review and share with your friends, it just helps our audience grow. We're growing and growing. We're so glad um, that you guys are finding it beneficial. And we we think about you often, pray for you, and always want to give you information that will just help you live a fruitful abundant beautiful life with your families so send us those topic suggestions we love them mm-hmm. just ask your mom podcast at gmail.com and we'll see you next time on just, just ask, ask your mom, mom.